Today we are going to talk about a situation that was 2,000 years ago. Um, you know, leprosy was widespread among the people, and it was almost always fatal. In fact, they talked about it as the people that had leprosy as the living dead. There were no cures. Uh, that recovery was so rare that they looked upon it as a death sentence, and they believed that the only way you could be healed from leprosy is if God himself did the healing. From the time somebody was diagnosed with leprosy till the time that they die or until the time that, you know, one in a million they, they were uh, delivered, they were uh, separated and quarantined. And it was considered that anything that they touched or anybody that touched them might be contaminated and also for social reasons and for worship reasons, religious reasons, they weren't allowed to come in contact with anybody, and many, many of them lived alone. If they were lucky, they made it into uh, a colony. But if any leper ever started coming close to a town or to a main road, they had to, by law, start screaming out, unclean, unclean, unclean. They had to, to cry it out. And could you imagine the shame, the, the, the lack of dignity, if we all, as we started coming in and gathering this morning, that we all had to start shouting out like the worst thing about us? But that's what these lepers had to do. There was such a stigma to it. In fact, you could probably eat with a leper and, and nothing would happen. They weren't really sure how leprosy was, was transferred, but they, they had such a fear that if a leper came close, they began to pick up stones and they would throw them at the leper to be sure that they knew that they had to keep their distance. I mean, the simple things of life, if they patted a dog, right, the dog was unclean. If they used a jar, the, the, the jar itself was unclean. And, and maybe worst of all, if they touched a, a priest or a, a holy man, it was a big bummer because the, the priest then wasn't clean and the priest couldn't go into the places of worship. So not only was the priest affected, but maybe all of the people were affected that they couldn't uh, bring uh, their sacrifices and, and the thing that the priest did couldn't be done. But you see, leprosy was much more than uh, a skin-deep kind of thing. They stuff, suffered physically, but lepers suffered as outcasts. They were cut off from relationships, from families. There was no holding hands. There was just loneliness and suffering, loss of dignity, and they couldn't even go into the places of worship because they were unclean. So in a sense, they, had a, they couldn't really bring their sacrifices in so that they could get rid of their guilt. And in some way, they felt that they were cut off from God himself. To be restored... If there was this miraculous healing that happened, you know, that they wouldn't send the leper, the, the healed leper to uh, a doctor. Where would, they, where would they send 
the healed leper. They would send him to the priest. Yeah, I am so glad that we're in the new covenant. And part of my job is I don't have to look at y'all's boils and skin rashes and all that sort of stuff. But that's exactly what would happen. So they would have to go in. The priest would have to inspect this thing. And then they would either give a blessing or not and declare the person clean. And then the person could join community. And the person could begin to worship and be restored. So why are we talking about this? Well, I mean, leprosy doesn't exist much uh, anymore, especially in first world Uh, countries, but I want to tell you that we all suffer, have suffered, or do suffer from a spiritual leprosy, a brokenness of the soul that we cannot cure on our own. And we may not have a a skin disease, but perhaps some of us feel alone. Some of us feel like people are trying to keep us out of sight, and we have haters that are throwing rocks at us or throwing words at us. And without Jesus, it really is a a death sentence, and we desperately need Jesus to come and heal our spiritual leprosy. We're going to be, it'll be the second, today's teaching is going to be out of Mark chapter 1, verse uh, 40 to 45. This is this, I think it's day two in in the reading. And there's a very simple truth that we're going to, that I believe that this account that, and the reason it's in Scripture is, is to get us really to wrap our, our lives around and, and to accept this truth because it has such an impact on our lives. So let's read uh, Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 42. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can Heal me and make me clean, he said. And moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. I like the prayers of Jesus. Come out. (laughs) Right? Pick up your mat. Walk. All these things. So short. But he says, be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared in the man. Was healed. I want to tell you that just in these few words, just in the first verse, we can find out a ton about this man that at one point suffered from leprosy. In verse 40, we can see that he is courageous, or he is desperate, or he is a little of both, but he actually gets into community. Now, he probably encounters Jesus on a road. He probably hasn't gone all the way into town, but even on the road, he was taking a chance. He is willing to take the rocks that some may throw at him just so that he can encounter Jesus and his power. We can see in verse 40 that he kneels in front of Jesus. We can see that he is a man of great humility. And this this word for knelt is the Greek word proskuneo. Anybody want to take a guess at what proskuneo is in, in Greek? Uh, the kneeling down, it means uh, it's the same word that we would use for worship in the New Testament. A lot of times is translated that way. So we can see that he's a man of great humility, but that he's also a worshiper 
of God. The other thing that we can see in verse 40, he says that you can heal me and make me clean. So we can see right now that he is a great man of faith. He believes, and this is the part I want everybody to catch, that, that Jesus can redeem every single part of his life, not just his physical being, but everything else to be restored, that the cross has paid for it all. And everyone that comes to Jesus had, you know, a spiritual need, but you know what? Jesus never refused somebody that came with a practical need. If a woman with the issue of blood came to him, he didn't say, hey, go and uh, repent some more, uh, get, get more in scripture, do a few more things. And then come and I'll heal you. He was always about uh, meeting the, the needs of the soul, but also meeting every practical need that was ever brought uh, before him. And never sent any way, anybody away that had a demon and encouraged them to go ahead and try their best and try their hardest on their own to get right and then come back. Amen? Well, then in the next couple of verses, in verse 41, we can find out a whole bunch about Jesus. This is the, the good news. We see that Jesus is full of uh, compassion. And this word compassion comes from compasio, but it really means to, to suffer with. And this is one of maybe the great errors that we can make is sometimes we believe that having sympathy on somebody who is struggling, somebody that is broken, somebody that is alone, somebody that is hurting, sometimes we can feel that sympathy is enough, that we can look on the situation and say, wow, that's a, a bummer, and express sympathy, and somehow that, uh, that's enough. But we can see for here, for Jesus' model that he sent, that it actually is more about compassion. Compassion is what Jesus is, is looking for. Sympathy allows us to, to, to appreciate a situation, appreciate the difficulty in it, but also keep it arm's way. Compassion compels us to action once we see the struggle or the hardship that's in front of us that we've encountered. Jesus was moved by compassion and the man's faith. Moved with compassion, Jesus reaches out and reaches down into the man's condition. He joins him in his suffering and he, and he touches him so that he can heal him and makes him right. Jesus puts himself at risk. Maybe Jesus could, remember he's fully God, fully man. Maybe he puts his own body at risk. But certainly he put his very, very reputation at risk by stopping and talking to and ministering to a leper, an unclean person. Well, the leper said in, in verse 40, remember, he said this, if you are willing, if you are willing, and I believe what the, the leper is, is doing is that he's, he's come and he makes that statement because he wants to take a peek into the heart of Jesus. This statement for us today, I, I believe, is a legitimate one. And when we pray, sometimes we pray, Lord, if you are willing. And I believe that for, for all of us that have prayed that, it's, it's, we want to look into 
the heart of Jesus. We have people uh, that pray, people that pray with uh, great faith, and we can pray for somebody else's job, we can pray for somebody else's cancer, we can pray for somebody else's marriage, but then when it comes time, and when it hits home, and we have to do it with our own personal situation, it's a little bit harder to believe that Jesus is willing. My wife is, is probably one of the greatest people of faith I've ever, I've ever seen. She reaches up and grabs with her salvation and the power of her salvation. She reaches up with everything she has and grabs all of heaven that she can and rips it uh, down to earth over and over again. But you know what? When her mom got cancer, and it was, it, it was well along, and the only way she was going to come out of it was if she received a miracle, all of a sudden it, it became a different type of faith, didn't it, honey? So we have to know personally. I want to tell you that some of us are not praying because we're not sure if Jesus is willing. And it's easy to believe Jesus is willing for the other guy, but is Jesus willing for you and is Jesus willing in your situation? And the thing I love about this scripture, we don't... We don't want to get caught up in, well, is it God's will to heal everybody and all this? This is, this is strictly giving us an insight into the heart of Jesus. If you are willing, and this word that he used for willing is thelo. Uh, thelo, up in here in Greek, and it means willing, thelo. It means to desire, to want, or to wish. And basically he is saying Jesus, are you philo? Do you want to? And Jesus responds, yes, I want to. Straight up, that is the conversation. That's about as spiritual as it can get. Jesus isn't coerced. Right? Sometimes we might desire something because we're coerced to do something. But that's not what this word means. It just means flat out Jesus wanted to. Out of his compassion flows this great love and this great concern for every soul. It was this compassion, this willingness that put Jesus on the cross. Jesus just wanted to help. Jesus is so loving that we see that Jesus is also very powerful, isn't he? That's what I love about Mark. Remember, we talked about it at the beginning. Mark is just like boom, 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 boom. It's just all thriller, no filler. It's just, you know, everybody is suddenly and quickly and at once and immediately. People are just like, moving and just, you know, the gospel is just unleashed and just happening on the earth when Jesus is, is here. So quickly it says, like at once, this guy is healed instantly. And for Jesus, I want to tell you that uh, love and power go hand in hand. He is changed, this leper is changed with just one touch from the master and his life will never be the same. 
So we see that this person is restored and restored physically and, and also his, his spiritually that he is also restored, right? He said, I know you can heal me. I know that you can make me clean. He's like saying, like, in every which way, Lord, that I can be redeemed, that I can be made right with God, I know that it's standing right in front of me in Jesus Christ and in his touch on my life. But not only we can see that, that he would be restored spiritually and physically, but he's also going to be restored relationally. For the first time, he gets to bring his offering, and he gets to go into uh, the, the tabernacle, or he gets, here he gets to go into the temple, and he gets to offer a sacrifice for the forgiveness of his sins, or, or offer a sacrifice just to say, hey, God, I love you. Thank you for, for healing me. He's back into community. He can, on the meet and greet, like he is fully now, he's just like, yeah, he can fully embrace. I wonder what the first meet and greet was like <laughs> for this guy after being, you know, at arm's length for so long and taken out of, taken out of um, community that this first meet and greet, I just bet you it was just like, oh, this is awesome. And that's how we should be meeting and greeting each other. We kind of do it, New Song, don't we? It's extended. It's like deep and fun. Rick Warren wrote this. I want to put this quote up on uh, behind me. He said this, that you are called to belong, not just believe. And that we are created for community. Even in the perfect, sinless environment of Eden, God said it is not good for man to be alone. Even in the perfect, sinless environment of the Garden of Eden, God said it's not good. There's, there's fellowship available, and it's important. So we have to look at this question. I want to answer the question for us. Are you willing? For every heart in here, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a question of the heart that just has to be answered and and it's my prayer this morning that we're going to answer that. You see, I started going through and I said, well, is, was Jesus willing? Is it, is it really just for this one guy? Is it really just for the leper? And I want to tell you that every place that I could find in Scripture or somebody came to Jesus for a need, anyone that was seeking mercy, they found it there. Jesus is willing, and we have to believe that he is not put out. Sometimes, I don't know how, how you, what you believe, but at times I feel, this isn't the truth, but I feel Jesus is just kind of put out with my, with my needs, that I, I go to him sometimes for the same thing. He supplies for my needs. My wife and I, we, we have a business. Well, she's got a business, and sometimes we, you know, when the, the bills come, any, anybody here in business or, or uh, entrepreneur knows, like if you're not on salary, like you've got those moments, and we're just like, uh, why are we worried this God has come through now about 250 months in a row? You know what I mean? When are we just going to say, I believe, like that's enough. And, and obviously we have grown in our faith. God has shown himself faithful to us. So it's not like we worry like before, but still, it's just always like, I, I know you are willing, but are you willing for me? Are you willing in this particular situation? I know you were last year, but are you still willing? And the thing is that God is not, Jesus is not put out by it. It's his good pleasure 
for us to come to him. And we find over and over and over in scripture that Jesus was willing then and Jesus is willing now. That Jesus is willing for others and Jesus is willing for me. We have to grab a hold of that truth in our lives. Jesus is is willing for those that are seeking mercy. The only ones that it seems Jesus wasn't so uh, stoked or quick to do a miracle for were those that were spiritually uh, proud, those that were the religious types, the religious leaders of the day, the ones that, that they were seeking a sign, not mercy. They were saying basically to Jesus, hey, if you give us a, a sign, we will come and we'll worship you and we'll acknowledge your authority as the son of God. They did it, find it in Matthew 12, 38. It says, one day some teachers of religious law and Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to show us a miraculous sign to prove your authority. And we can see that this is the exact opposite of what happened in the leper's life, right? The leper came and immediately he bowed down. He began to worship Jesus. And he began to say, I know that you can. I know that who you are. I know that you have the authority and the power to deliver me. I don't need you to prove it, um, but I do need help. I do, I do have brokenness in my life. I, I am coming to you asking for mercy. Because I've tried everything else, and now I just place myself before you, the Lord of Lords. All right, so we kind of have looked at things through the eyes of uh, the leper that Jesus was, that he was looking and trying to get a peek into Jesus' heart, and he found that Jesus was willing, that Jesus said it, Jesus uh, demonstrated that he was willing for him. Now let's just take it a little bit, a little bit deeper. You guys ready for this? All right. Because you know, often in Scripture, these truths that we get, the, the mercy that, and grace that we experience from Jesus, you know that typically it's always about uh, more than just us when it's expressed and given to us. Matthew 10.8 says this. Jesus talking says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. And this is the key part. Underline it, circle it in your heart. Give as freely as you have received. And Jesus is saying is just as I am willing, I want you to be willing as well to go out and find those. Just as it was my mission to go out and, and cure leprosy and to preach the gospel to the poor and to break down the walls of hostility that exist between people, this is your mission. This is our mission, people. We might say, God, transform the city. And I believe Jesus is saying, awesome. Go for it right now. Begin to pray. We might say that, hey, bring healing, Lord. I want to tell you, okay, well then go out and look for people in crutches or with band-aids or bandages or, or something. And pray for the sick. Lay hands on them. Jesus still touches and Jesus still heals and helps the leper today. And he does it through people that are full of compassion and full of power. 
He still touches them today. The outcasts of society, the ones that, we, that are redeemed by a culture as unworthy, as broken, the ones that it's really better off if we keep a distance from, that he still touches them, but he does it through people of compassion and power. And notice that we put the compassion first. Compassion, the level of power will flow out of our level of compassion. Think about it. If he, just gave us com- if he just gave us power without compassion, we would probably use it and spend it in a lot of crazy... This would be a crazy place. Some of us wonder, like, hey, I want some, I want some power in my life and into my ministry. I want to tell you that it's found in your level of compassion. It is found in your great willingness. It's your, found in your willingness to suffer with somebody. And the question we ask are, who are the untouchables in our lives? Who would it cost us in our reputation if we went and, and walked life with somebody? The great question comes up. If we read about Jesus' healings, well, hey, if he is willing, then why doesn't everybody uh, get healed like when Jesus prayed? And I went through the thing, and you know what? Jesus batted a thousand. Every page I read, everybody that went to Jesus, there were hundreds and there were thousands, sometimes in a single day, that he would pray for and would experience uh, deliverance that every that hundreds and thousands of people would get the question answered. Jesus, are you willing? And He would demonstrate it hundreds and thousands of times in a day. Before this is in Mark one, before we even get to uh, the man with leprosy, He had already thrown a, a demon out of somebody. Uh, his prayer was short there too. Be quiet, come out. But it says that that evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed were brought to Jesus. This is in Mark 1. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Over and over and over, especially in the book of Mark, there's this thing. Well, uh, why not? Well, I believe that there's a that we are to pray for the sick and we are to be involved in this, this mission and join Jesus in it. But it was, you know, I don't want to tell you about Jesus and why his healing ministry was matchless. It's because his level of compassion was matchless on this earth. His level of compassion was matchless on this earth. It's, it's very hard, you know. We want to uh, pray for people, but Jesus said, hey, if you have anger in your heart towards somebody, you're actually... Killing, uh, killing them or killing something in them. And it's just really, really hard if you've got anger uh, with someone and you're praying for their healing and at the same time you're kind of stabbing them because you're angry. We have to leave these things. We have to be filled with, un, uh, we have to yeah, be sure that we deal with unforgiveness and anger in our heart. So this is where we're landing. We have to believe that Jesus is willing. I hope that that today that there's been a big holy page in your heart as we have looked at the aspect and look into the heart of Jesus that he is willing and if we will say that the truth that the truth is that Jesus is willing there will be a fountain of ministry 
uh, a fountain of power that will come out of our lives just based on that one truth and one truth alone that Jesus is willing for us. And that becomes a place where we can minister out of continually. <clears throat> a new song exists. Because 26 years ago, a grandmother in Iowa believed that Jesus was willing for her grandson. Her grandson was 35 and had been doing drugs for 21 years. And stuck in the loneliness of, of addiction and, yeah, burnt every bridge. But there was a grandmother that believed that Jesus was willing even for a guy like that. And at age 35, I became convinced. That God was, that Jesus was willing for me. And I've, I've lived out of that truth ever since. It's been 26 years later now. <laughs> so how, how do we remind ourselves that Jesus is willing? And I want to tell you, it's found in the cross cross stands for all eternity and I know it's become a fashion statement uh, again it's like the cool tattoo but the cross stands for all eternity with one message and that is that Jesus is willing that God was willing that he gave up his one and only son we could find forgiveness. We have to know that this, this truth that Jesus is willing isn't just a statement for our tomorrows. It isn't just uh, a statement or a thing to bring us assurance for the afterlife. But Jesus uh, is willing is a truth that is designed to completely transform and revolutionize our life in the here and now. Our days have to be different because we know that Jesus uh, was willing. And I want to close with this, this verse. And again, you may find others in, in Scripture. There's like a ton of them where the, the willingness of Jesus, that question when we come and say, are you willing for me? Are you willing in this this moment, Lord, even though I've, I've blown it in this particular area a million times, are you willing? I want to tell you the answer is yes. That's the whole answer of, of Scripture. The whole answer of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation is God is willing. And it's Matthew 11, uh, 28. I want to ask you to do this. If you're, I'm not usually like one of these guys, but if, if you're comfortable with this, go ahead and just close your eyes. Did you know that Scripture was, uh, was written to be heard. It wasn't really written to be read. 
I mean, we see it that way now, but back in the first century when the, the writers of the Bible, of Scripture, were filled and inspired by the Holy Spirit, and they wrote these things, they just knew that they were going to be read to people. And I want to read out of Matthew eleven twenty eight. These are Jesus' words, and he said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden that I give is light. Come to me, all who are weary, all who carry heavy burdens, all who are are broken, all who are addicted, All who are exhausted and spent and used up. All those who, whose capacity in almost every way of life has just been sucked out of them, out of their lives. Lord, we pray for this rest that, that being with you rest that brings those things to our life. Restore us now, Lord, as as we pray. Lord, let this great truth that you are willing be the fountain that you intended it to be in our lives, in our ministry, in our church. And as we experience this, I am willing that we would say, Lord, we're willing. We are willing to go and touch the untouchable, to forgive uh, the unforgivable, and we want to respond this morning just by singing about who Jesus is. And reminding ourselves of his great love and his great power and how matchless the 